Work shouldn't feel like a drag. And you shouldn't have to sacrifice your soul for a job you love. Determined to rethink the future of work. She's out of her depth on purpose. With fresh ideas, interviews, and stories from her life on the road. Meet Europe's newest digital nomad, Blair Palmer. Hello and welcome to episode 71 of A Brilliant Gamble. I hope you are very well. Thank you so much for the positive feedback you've been giving me about the show. I've had a few messages this week and it means so much to me. I really want to give you content that helps you take brilliant gambles of your own and design how you work and how you live in a way that really aligns with your values and brings you what you're looking for in your life right now, not at some point in the future. On that topic, we are starting to settle into life here in France, just in time to leave. Next week, we're back in the UK for a couple of weeks, staying in the north of England to explore up there. And I have some work in the area as well. So that's uh, one of the motivations for being up there. And then we're off to Croatia for a month. Our French home is really starting to feel like home. And after a couple of days in Basel last week working, when we came back here, we really felt like we were returning to our house. It's funny how quickly something new becomes so normal. And that's really what I wanted to talk to you about today. That's what triggered my thoughts for today's show. Because while I believe it's important to shake up your life, to do work you really love, to structure your life the way you want to, to take a few risks, to live a life that's perfect for you. None of that is going to make much difference to how you feel. This is a bit of a shocker, isn't it? Now, it will temporarily, for sure, but that feeling won't stick unless you make a conscious effort to keep things fresh and different. This has been a bit of a shock to me, even though, to be honest, everybody told me, uh, but I ignored them thinking, yeah, it's just going to be amazing. We're going to feel amazing. And of course, very soon you start to feel the way that you always felt. And last week I had a realisation about this. For all the changes we've made, life didn't feel different enough. We've lapsed into the same habits we had at home in England. When we pictured our lives on this trip, we thought we'd become the kinds of people who do yoga every day and meditate regularly and watch less TV and really get into crystals. Now, this is true fact. We really thought we were going to become these kinds of people and we want to be these kinds of people. I mean, this is what actually matters to us. We love all that stuff. But instead, we get up in the morning And after breakfast, I try to do some work, often struggling against Ivy's need for my attention the whole time. And then we have lunch and then we go somewhere in the afternoon or we do some homeschool activity at home. And then it's about seven or eight in the evening and it's it's time for us to relax and have our our evening, which consists of normally a meal and hours and hours of Netflix. And to be honest, that feels a lot like home. Where's the meditation and the yoga and the crystals? Where's the relaxation? Where's the opportunity to flow from one activity to another? We're still operating in this block, time-blocked base in which we get the work done first and prioritise doing over being. So we've instituted some changes. 
We've started researching crystals and we've ordered a few that we really like. And we're learning about that, driven by Ivy's interest in all things spiritual right now. She's really getting into all of that and it's really exciting actually. So I'm going along with that and we're going to see where our uh, interesting crystals takes us. I've let go of needing to work in the morning since that feels like I'm forcing it and seeing that there's actually a natural patch of peace in the afternoon where it feels more flowy to work when Ivy's found an activity that absorbs her rather than me trying me trying to find an activity usually Netflix or the 3DS that will keep her distracted while I get my work out of the way so we can go and do something fun another thing that happened this week is that I took a nap I'm actually writing a blog about naps to explore that in more detail. So I'll have a little bit more facts for you um, and a bit more process how how to take a good nap in that blog. But suffice to say that it was really effective. And post-nap, I got a lot more done, the stuff that I'd really been struggling to do pre-nap. And this idea of flow versus force is going to be really important to things feeling different to us. There is no point in having made such big decisions to shake up our life if we don't feel any different. And flow and force is something that I've talked about on the show before but not for a long time and it's worth going back to particularly because we're really experiencing it, uh, the need for it in this new lifestyle that we have. The concepts of flow and force and float are really well explained by Jess Lively in her podcast. And you can check that out too if you're interested. It's episode 168 and she covers that in her words. And it really helped me some time ago, probably a couple of years ago actually, to get an understanding of what these concepts mean. But to put it simply, typically we move between forcing and floating. So we have things that we need to do and we push ourselves to do those things and we do them because they need to be done, because they're urgent, because they're on the to-do list for today or this morning or for nine o'clock. We may also believe them to be important and they may be important, but we do them because we've decided to do them in advance. That's force. Force is making yourself do something regardless of how you're feeling about that thing because this is the time when you had decided it was to be done. Now we also float, which is directionless, almost paralysis. And when we're floating, we're in avoidance. We're in avoidance of the things that we need to force ourselves to do. So we might sit for hours in front of the TV thinking about how we really should get up and do some exercise, but that feels like too much effort because to do that would be forcing And so we don't want to force, and so instead we float. We put off starting, or more often actually finishing a project, because it's going to require us to really focus and really dig deep, to force ourselves, in other words, and so we don't do it. So you've got force where you're pushing yourself uphill to get something done, and float, which is your avoidance of that force. And then there's flow. Flow is about listening to your intuition to tell you what the right thing is to do now. It's purposeful. It's about being in alignment with what matters to you and what you value and what's important to you. But before you embark on the activity, 
you check in with yourself about what's the right thing for you to do now. How do you feel? What matters today? What matters in this moment? What else is going on around you? What's going to make the biggest difference to the things that matter to you? And what's going to keep you in the state that you desire to be in? And this is important because often we seek goals or material possessions because of how we expect to feel when we get them. But we don't adopt that state, the state that we seek, in the pursuance of those goals. So we want to feel relaxed when we buy a place in the countryside, but then we create a lot of stress in our lives by trying to get the money together to pay for the place in the countryside. Flow is about getting into and then remaining in the state you desire to be in while you do the things that matter to you and are in alignment with your values. So the number one priority is your state and remaining in that state, the state that you desire, the state that you believe the achievement of these goals will create within you, you create that state first. So rather than pushing or forcing and often avoiding that feeling of force by floating, flow is about having intentions, about knowing what matters to you and then trusting your intuition to inform you about what to be doing at any one time. And what that's meant for us over the last few days is that when I wake up in the morning, I'm not immediately thinking about all the things I have to do in the day and getting organised in my head about how I'm going to get them all done. It's instead about considering what's important and I may write these things down. I've been writing them on post-its and dotting them around my desk so they're out of my head but they're not in the diary, they're not in any particular list form, they're not in order, they don't have times assigned to them. So I do that and then I see which activity I'm drawn to which feels right in any particular moment. So if meditating feels right, that's what happens. If writing the blog feels right, that's what happens. If writing the blog starts to feel like force, I stop and flow into another activity, trusting that I'll come back to it when I'm ready. There's no need to float because there's no avoidance of force. So what might have happened in the past is that I get to a point in the blog where I was stuck, I couldn't think of what was next, and I just kind of potter around the house for a bit, moving things from one place to the other, kind of tidying up, but not really, because I was avoiding getting back into the blog because it was hard. Instead, with flow, I'm not pottering about avoiding the blog, I'm thinking, okay, I'm done with the blog for now, What's the next activity or the next thing that's flowing towards me? And I might look at the post-its or I might check in with myself and ask myself what truly is next. I should point out that I'm not always the one in charge of my day. My daughter needs me and if you've got kids you'll be very familiar with this or anyone in fact in your life that needs you, a partner, a dog, a cat, whatever it is. My daughter needs me and even though I might be in the frame of mind to write and I might be drawn towards writing or to prepare for a client meeting or to meditate, she might not be. And I can't flow into that activity when her energy is pulling in some other direction. 
we are working that out. That might take a little bit of time and I'm not quite sure how to square that circle at this point. At the moment, there is some compromise in the flowing. If I'm not willing to compromise, one of two things will happen. So either her flow will dominate our whole day and we'll flow from activity to activity that her intuition is telling her is right and I'll be dragged along with that. Or it'll all be about my flow and her needs will get neglected, which in the end won't feel like flow to me because she's not going to take that lying down. But what I have noticed is this. I've observed her pattern. She can't get up in the morning and just keep herself busy for three hours while I work. So the idea that I can get all my work done in the early hours of the morning and uh, she can keep herself busy and then we can have fun together, that's not going to work. That's never going to feel like flow for either of us. So that influences what feels right for me. Rather than forcing work to happen then, which means forcing myself to work then and also forcing her to be distracted then, I've taken that into account in my flow. Our mornings are taking a different shape, which works fine for me too, partly because it feels different and different to what we had before is what I was seeking with this lifestyle change. So to summarise, first point, first realisation Nothing is different just because you change your life. You have to be different. You have to do things differently and you have to think about things differently. Otherwise, you can make all these changes in your life and it can still feel exactly as it did before. Number two, think about what sort of person you expected to be when you made the changes that you made or if you haven't made the changes yet, Think about what sort of person you expect to be by making the changes you're planning to make. This sentence that I used earlier, we thought we were going to be the kinds of people who fill in the end of that sentence. What kind of person did you expect to be or what kind of person are you expecting to be by making these changes? And thirdly, notice where you force and where you float and instead Look at ways that you can flow from activity to activity based on listening to your intuition to tell you what's the right thing to do next. Rather than working through today's to-do simply because they're on today's to-do list in that order, allow yourself to see what activity you're drawn to or what inactivity you're drawn to, what else your intuition is telling you to do. Is it telling you to sleep? to relax, to meditate, to read, to go for a run, to prioritise someone else's flow in that moment. And when you flow, there's no need to avoid and therefore there's no floating. All of this really breaks with traditional time-blocking ways of organising our lives. And it does feel strange at first and rather chaotic. There's certainly a worry that... Will everything get done? Maybe it will, maybe it won't. Maybe what really matters will get done and that's all that needed to get done anyway. But as we reflected on last week's show in terms of the Protestant work ethic, we're not able to compete with machinery for efficiency and productivity. We, we simply can't do that. The machines are too good. So the hard work, long hours, highly structured approach isn't going to work for us. 
We have to take a different role in the workplace than machines do, and therefore we have to operate differently. We have to find different ways to tap into our value, our worth. That's our creativity, our humanity, our ability to connect and to find meaning. And we don't do that by forcing or floating, but by respecting our deeply human ability to sense and then to trust those senses. Let me know, please, what your experiences of flowing versus force and float are, any advice you have or anything you're working on and what impact there's, that's having for you. As I said, next week we're back in the UK and I'm also trying to get more interviews into the show for you. I really enjoy those shows. I get so much out of them and I know that you guys really enjoy them too. So if there are people that you'd like me to interview, please let me know. I'm always looking for inspirational people who are trying to work and live in a different way, people who take a different attitude towards work, people who've constructed their lives differently, people who are thinking about the future of work. So if you know anyone like that, I'm open to your recommendations. And in order to let me know about that and to stay in touch with us in all sorts of other ways, here's the lovely Ivy Palmer. from you, you can get all the episodes of this show plus read the blog and find out more about our travel adventure at www.brilliantgamble.com. Sign up to the newsletter and get an advance notice of the classes and programs Mummy is running. Plus you can follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Brilliant Gamble. Finally, please leave a review and star rating for this podcast on iTunes as it helps people find us and take a brilliant gamble of their own.